Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. What's up, everyone, and welcome to another special episode of IndiePod, where we get to talk to the people behind some of our favorite indie games. Today, we have Callan Houston, the co-founder of Funktronics Labs. And today, we're going to chat about their recently released title known as Wavebreak. Callan, thank you so much for joining me today. Hello, thanks for inviting me. It's always fun to chat about indie games. <laughs> I love it. That's what we're here for. Now, before we dive into the game, though, let's talk a little bit about the minds behind it. How did you get into the games industry and how did Funktronics Lab come about? How did I get into the industry? So a very long time ago, uh, a friend was started programming and I was like, what's this programming business? <laughs> I, I looked into it and that sounded kind of cool. And then uh and then I downloaded a compiler, uh, Ball and Turbo C++ 3. It was, wow. Uh, it was pretty old. But, yeah. Uh, and then I just couldn't stop programming. And I, I guess I was into games at the time, so the natural thing was to try and make games. And it started making text adventures and then Pac-Man nice. clones and then just, you know, kept going and uh, eventually just reached enough of a skill level to be employable. <laughs> <laughs> And so then how did uh, Functronic Labs come about? So uh, I was working at a studio called Q Games in Kyoto, Japan. Mm -hmm. And me and the other co-founder, I guess we worked together at the company on a couple of projects. And, um, you know, we had a lot of uh, interesting spin-off side project ideas that we were experimenting with. And Mm -hmm. uh, I guess, you know, we wanted to turn it into a full-time venture and like really explore some of those ideas especially uh, VR-specific stuff. It was was kind of right at the cusp of, I guess, commercial VR hitting when the, the early Oculus Rift, when the right. DK2 was, or the Kickstarter went live. And I don't know, that was that was too compelling. And, you know, we just wanted to jump headfirst into that. Right, that makes sense. That makes sense. So then, uh, you know, you go through all that, you then get to now, which is you're working on this title, Wave Break, which is out on Stadia. Um, First off, looks like a blast to play. Looks like quite a mashup of some interesting genres, uh, to say the least. Uh, but for those who haven't heard about the game, how would you describe it, and why should the audience be excited about it? I guess to simplify it, uh, you know, we call it skateboarding. It's uh, mm-hmm. if you've played a classic arcade-style skating game like uh, Tony Hawk Pro Skater, which is very hot right now. Um, it's it's that style of gameplay, except that the characters are on boats and it's as a full dynamic water simulation. So it's a kind of 80s Miami Vice themed cops and robbers world uh, skateboarding game. So it's a little bit of a mashup for sure. Right. How did that even come about? Because it is kind of a wacky idea of being able to use a wave boat as a skateboard. 
I think we were experimenting with some little, uh, I guess, like miniature boat racing mechanics mm -hmm. and miniature car racing mechanics. Um, and, you know, people started adding half pipes and, and stuff to see how it would feel. And it was really cool. And then we're like, man, we really love these like arcade style tricking. And there hasn't been some good ones for a while. So we, we just kind of followed that rabbit hole down. And uh, I guess all the other elements in the game are trying to, trying to just take a new spin on, I guess, parts of the game or like increase the skill cap for some of the more advanced players. Or honestly, if we just, we, we try to thousands of things and if it was fun and we could find a way to fit it into the game, we just, we didn't say no, you know? Right. Just a natural evolution of uh, a couple of interesting ideas that combined to be this. Yeah. I think, you know, I think games have their own like spirit and, and what you start with and what you end with is never really the same thing. And it's, it's almost like you're, you're, you're guiding the games like soul to life and <laughs> you kind of got to follow it where it wants to go in, in some respects. Right. That's an interesting way to look at it. Um, let's, let's talk about the actual water mechanic that's in this, because one of the interesting things is this isn't just, you know, wave boats on uh, kind of like a skate park theme. Mm -hmm. There's actual moving waters. The physics are real to it. And that can sometimes screw you up when you're actually playing the game. How did you get the physics for that? Right. And was that initially, you know, to your point, was that something that just kind of evolved over time or did you always have that interest to create the, the realistic water in it? I guess the water was there quite early in a, a much more primitive state, I guess. So it, it's kind of been fundamental. A lot of things have centered around it design wise. Um, mm. It's been extremely technically challenging. Uh, our programmer Cody has, has spent a lot of time on the water um, to, you know, you're, you're trying to render a whole game as well as this, uh, like GPU accelerated, super complicated water simulation. So it's it's been a lot of really deep technical work to get it right. And it's it's not exactly a realistic, I mean, we, we say realistic water simulation because it, it sort of follows some realism, but the way objects interact with water in games to in a game like this to be fun is not exactly the same as it would in real life, you know? Right. Um, so it's this weird mix of trying to get realistic water mechanics and also get the feel being fun in a way that maybe wave race 64 felt fun, even though it wasn't realistic at all. So, yeah, exactly. That's exactly where my mind went to when I saw this game and I was super excited because I was like, Oh man, I haven't seen a, a, like an actually good wave racing game since wave racer 64. Yeah. We went looking for like reference material to like, you know, how can we get the feel of the water? Right. Uh, mm -hmm. I remember when we were adding sounds for the, you know, to get all the sounds right when you're like carving through the water and stuff. It's, it's pretty complicated to, I guess, mash all the sounds together in a way that feels good. And right. I was looking for like reference material and like, honestly, like since Wave Break, I mean, there's been a handful of games, but um, uh, Wave Race 64, sorry, that's, yeah, there has not been much around. Right. What did, what did you do to actually get those, like the sound clips? Did you have to actually go out and start taking, you know, jet skis uh, around and actually recording it actually uh this our sound guy that made the sound or gave us the sound files i don't know where he got them i don't i don't <laughs> know mystery maybe he snuck <laughs> off to the beach one day um yeah. yeah i don't know i guess he gave us a bunch of different a lot of different variety of water splash sounds and mm -hmm. programmatically we mix them together um i think there's maybe like eight or nine different sounds being like mashed together at different volumes depending on how you're moving through the water in a very 
uh, kind of mishmash way. Right. Interesting. Okay. That's cool. Yeah. I've never really thought about that, but it's a, it's a, you know, that, that backend mechanics that I would never have really considered other than it just being like, Oh, this is what water sounds like. They probably just went out and, you know, rode a jet ski and recorded it like something stupid like that, but it's an interesting yeah. way. I wish we could just record the sound and add it in. But when we were adding the sounds, I was like, all right, we need, what do we need? Some water splash sounds. I'm like, wait, this won't work at all. We, we have to do some crazy things. And and calculate all this stuff and how much is the boat tilting into the water and turning at the same time and it, it, it got <laughs> way more complicated than we thought but you know that's that's game dev <laughs> yeah i guess so you never know what it's going to uh, end up becoming but uh let's let's actually jump back into some of the gameplay aspects of this uh because this is a skateboard game and i unfortunately haven't tried this because i don't have stadia i wanted to talk kind of about the game modes that are currently out there so with the inspiration of skateboarding games, you generally have a ton of different modes. You'll have something like a single player mode. You'll have something like a time attack, something like an arcade of just how much you can uh, rack up as far as points, like a free mode. Are there any of those type of, you know, different uh, aspects to the game or different mode types? What does gameplay look like? I think the the two main core game modes for a game like this, I think, is the, the campaign and the free play. Or mm-hmm. I guess free play and time attack. Uh, I guess free play in like the two minute rounds is is somewhat the same thing, you know, once uh, how big can your two minute combo be and once, you know, I just don't care. I just want to play. Um, right. But the, so we, we have the campaign, which is kind of where you get progression and it's a way to earn money and upgrade your stats and stuff like that in a pretty standard way, uh, unlock customizable. And, you know, there's like collectibles, there's secret tape missions, like doing mm-hmm. special tricks. And we have a couple of, uh, I guess, like mini cinematic story missions in there just there are a lot of silly fun stuff that's awesome and um but yeah underneath that there's you know a basic like two minute time attack mode where it's it's just you're got a short time to get the best score you can and i think that's Mm -hmm. what people who really go deep on the game want to compete you know they just they want to see how good a combo they can get and that's kind of the the core loop um yeah that makes sense the competitive scene always wants to take it with that you know more of a constricted here's your time constraint here's what you can get yep yep um on top of that we have deathmatch and uh i guess it's not out on the stadia version right now but a um, kind of multiplayer capture zone hmm. uh team versus team interesting game. so I, I guess i should mention there's there's guns in the game you know gun pickups right. and and you know you can use them like in your skating combos for points as well but playing multiplayer it's like a I guess a way to interact with other people as well. So whether it's, uh, you know, free for all or, or team based. So we've tied that into some of the game modes as well. It's um, some people just have more fun playing deathmatch, you know, tricking, tricking for money <laughs> to get guns to kill people and, and just kind right. of causing mayhem, you know? Yeah. I thought that was so funny. How did you go from creating this, this, you know, wave racing skateboarding game and then decided like oh you know what this is missing guns let's let's have it where you can actually fight each other where did that idea come from i think when we were fleshing out the themes for i guess the the world and stuff being like miami vice and cops and robbers and um you know crazy explosions and looking at all the old like 80s tv shows it's it's like you kind of can't not have guns and explosions so i guess (laughs) You know, when that, that seemed like an important part of the theme and style, we, we figured out how to bring it into the gameplay. So it's, you know, obviously in multiplayer, it's a it's a bunch of chaos. 
um, but also like mid combo, you, you can kind of shoot independent of your skating controls. So hmm. you can be in the middle of a manual or a grind rail slide and you can aim and shoot at things like independently. Um, it, it's difficult to pull off, but that's another thing that's like a, the higher skill players can do it and kind of get even more, I guess, points or, you know, uh, more advantage in multiplayer. Um, right. There's also a little bit of like physics kickback from the gun, so you can slightly adjust yourself in the air with gunfire. Oh, that's, okay. that's pretty challenging. Right. Interesting. It's a it's a different way to look at it. I guess yeah, you can get a better uh, a better circle or you know transition if you have the force of a gun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it it's subtle, but it, you know, advanced players like abuse subtle mechanics well. Um, I think another another part of it is that. Uh, you know, in, in, I guess in classic skating, you'll be doing the same line like over and mm -hmm. over and you can kind of get caught in a loop where you do the exact same line with the best combination of tricks just kind right. of over and over until you bail. And I think the the gunplay adds like a kind of dynamic layer onto that. It's like uh, there might be things happening around you that aren't the same every time you go around and you kind mm -hmm. of have to respond to that on demand. So it's a little bit, um, I don't know, it just livens it up a little bit. Yeah, it adds that extra layer so that it's not just you skateboarding in a skate park, right? It's right. you're on this wave boat, things are changing, things are moving around in the environment, and you might have to, uh, you know, shoot up some of your enemies because they're in the way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, th I think the water plays into that kind of dynamic vibe a little bit as well. You know, the, the waves right. aren't going to be the same everywhere you go. And, you know, the way you land and dive into the water to jump out of the water, kind of, it's, it's very... Because it's so physics-based, it's right. I wouldn't say unpredictable, but it's um, you have to pay attention to the exact state of the water, like as you're kind of landing and moving through it to, gotcha. to understand how you're going to jump. Is this something where, depending on maybe the time of the day or a certain random interval, that the waves will be bigger or smaller? We don't like change the weather and stuff. I, I okay. guess you know, there's like bigger waves out further to sea on some stages. Gotcha. Uh, and we have some. I guess there's some different things happening in the world make waves as well. Like uh, other people driving leave like a wake behind them, or if right. there's some explosions, or a player jumps in the water or, or bails in the water, you know that that makes ripples. Uh, gotcha. Someone gets the rocket launcher; it's going to make some big waves. <laughs> uh, yeah, that always makes big waves. Mm -hmm. um, that's actually a good point, though, of that bailing or getting off of the boat, because I I did notice in a lot of the gameplay, there's sometimes where your character is running around. Is there like an overworld to this in the campaign mode where you're actually getting off the the boat? It reminded me somewhat of like Diddy Kong Racing, how you were able to travel around the area and then pick certain things to actually go on. To certain races so we we don't have an overworld but you can you can just freely get in and out of your boat it just okay. it just kind of felt like an i don't know a nat natural thing that you wanted to do sometimes and there's no gameplay advantage to it you know you can just get out if you want and like, sit on the beach you know <laughs> right um, maybe you're just sitting in free play with a friend and you just you're standing around I, I don't know you know it just felt weird to be stuck in the boat all the time when there's npc characters walking around for example that you know, you might want to stand next to them and take a photo. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. Okay, yeah, I just I just wanted to make sure because I was like, oh, uh, is there like a ton more to this? Like, why why are you outside of the boat? You can uh, you could jump out of your boat and steal someone else's boat after they bail if you're quick enough. <laughs> ah, interesting. That's kind of cool. Can you blow up their boat? Like, can you can yep. you destroy it? It'll it'll respawn after you know 
a short while, but it's the it's about sending a message. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, steal steal their boat, knock them off, steal their boat, and then turn around and just blow up your boat and then drive away. <laughs> the lore of the jungle out there on the waves. I guess so. All right, that's awesome. Uh, one of the things stepping back I wanted to talk about was the single player campaign. So those different modes, I noticed that there was that, that full campaign, which I actually really enjoy because having that, it, like for me personally, I... I always like having that story or that thing that connects everything um about how long is this campaign and also to that same mention of there being collectibles what are the type of things or cosmetics that you receive from this campaign uh last time somebody somebody asked me how long it was i said like a couple of hours if you're good but from the live <laughs> build being out it looks like uh i guess the, the it's quite challenging you know to, oh okay 100 clear everything so I think uh, people are taking maybe 10 to 15 hours to get through all the missions. Oh, that's, that's a good uh, amount of time. You know, I think people bounce back and forth between uh, like free play, time attacks, and multiplayer, uh, and mm -hmm. the campaign. Right. So I guess it, it varies a lot depending on how you play the game. But That makes um, sense. Sorry, what was your other question? And my other question was around cosmetics and like those collectibles. So what type of collectibles, cosmetics, what are we finding in this single player campaign? And does this differ? Is this something where you can find things in the single player campaign and then, you know, take them over to multiplayer? Maybe it's something cosmetic just to show off your character and have some kind of flashy look. Uh, I, I think we just the objectives for the campaign right now are just money. You know, gotcha. we might add some unlocks for special things for missions at some point, but um, we, we figured some people might just want to play multiplayer, you know? Maybe right. they yeah, don't care. Course. So uh, you kind of go to the in-game shop and and buy, like, uh, decoration pieces for your character and boat, and there's there's uh, hats, there's, like, facewear, glasses and stuff, uh, different shirts. Uh, and then for the boats, there's, like, uh, kind of decals on the boat that you can customize with the color and stuff as well as all these like side attachments and like rear attachments. So you can kind of, I don't know, play around all different styles of different boats. That's cool. So as far as the state of the game right now though, what what exactly is those, you know, the next steps? Where, where are we going? You were just mentioning before this that you were working on, you know, uh, coding for this. What exactly does the next couple of phases of Wave Break look like? I think right now we are focused on trying to, I guess, get all the ongoing updates into the Stadia build that's live, as well as uh, working on the ports. Unfortunately, we can't say the time frame for that right now, but oh, yeah, damn. that was one of my questions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I wish we could say, but you know how it is. Um, right. Well, but, at least uh, I know that there are ports, though, because that was part of that question. At least, like, something's in the works, right? Yeah, we're working on them. I, I, you know, it shouldn't be too long. So we're trying to get those out as, as quickly as possible. And, um, yeah, I guess I don't want to spoil the new feature that we're working on, the major oh, new okay. feature, but, but it's going to be great. Everyone's going to love All it. Right. So. Something cool is coming. Don't worry, folks. Uh, let's let's talk about Stadia uh, because a, a lot of people, you know, you're currently exclusive on Stadia, and I I don't hear a lot of people talking about this service to be honest, and mm -hmm. it's kind of a bummer because I, I'm a big Google fan, so I was ready for it to be a big hit, but it kind of didn't have as much force as a lot of people would have hoped for. But uh, that being said, you know, how has this process been? How is like the community coming over? working with stadia or even just the fans who have stadia what has that been like for you guys 
I guess the development process has been, you know, pretty straightforward. Uh, not much different from porting to any other console, really. Right. Um, you know, maybe it's a bit easier to work with the builds because it's all cloud-based. So it's, you know, if you want to test multiplayer, you just open a couple of Chrome tabs instead of, I don't know, getting a couple of hardware dev kits or a couple of PCs. Right. Um, yeah. But, you know, for the most part, that's the same. Um, the community around it has, you know, people who are hanging out in the Stadia community are super excited about Stadia and just want cool stuff. And it, it kind of, I think, I think for certain people's like life setups, Stadia works really well, you know, right. maybe, maybe you just want to game on a laptop in your lounge room. You know, you don't want to, maybe you don't have space for a gaming PC. I, I don't know. You know, everyone, everyone has a different situation. Right. And I think, yeah, of course the situation that Stadia works for some people, they really, really like it. So everyone's been super enthusiastic. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I think it's like slowly, steadily growing. Right. And I'm sure, you know, as more games come to the platform, as it becomes more of a mature uh, platform itself, like it'll it'll happen. You know, the, it just takes time. It's one of those things where their their rollout had a little bit of a kickback. But I'm sure as more games keep coming to this, as more exclusives come to the the, the area, it's going to be harder for some people to say like, oh, no, I won't get that if something really cool comes to it. Yeah, I think it, you know, because it's a new kind of, I guess, device or like play right. style, then uh, I don't think we really know who's, who is a, the fit for that. And I think, you know, once yeah. it, as it becomes more established, it'll be like, okay, these are the people that like to play games like this, you know, these are the mm -hmm. people that like to play on PS4. These people like to play on PC. It's just, it'll just kind of like find its natural like marketplace, I think. Yeah, that's true. This is, you know, they're, they're in a new industry almost of this, right. this field of the industry so it's it's really hard to say who exactly is that person they're targeting yeah but you know it's definitely out there like given the enthusiasm i see for the people that are playing it right now it's like there's definitely definitely people who you know fits perfectly very cool all right well i don't want to take up too much of your time i know that you've got a lot to do on the game uh and i'm sure you know you want to enjoy your your saturday afternoon so uh the last question that i always ask uh for any of our uh our interview uh guests we always ask some general advice so for those listening that want to get into the indie game space want to be a part of this want to maybe start their own projects or just work for different projects what are what is some advice or some tips that you wish you had known before you got to where you are today i would probably if you're looking at you know i guess i'm engineering focused so that's uh where i where i think about it from but mm -hmm. uh do a lot of math work <laughs> the more the better <laughs> you know and it, you know it doesn't have to be formal education I, I don't even know if i would recommend going to university anymore but um just you know, learn your math. Go through all of Khan Academy, uh, and just and just make stuff. You, you know, try and make something that's really good, that's small, and finish it. Uh, I think if you you know, when you're just starting out and you want to make the next big MMO, you, you're not going to get far. And you'd be surprised <laughs> at how difficult something of Pac-Man scale is to to actually finish. You know, so right. Just kind of keep making stuff and like slowly growing how compli complicated it is. Um, and I think these days there's a lot of tools, you know, Unity, for example, Unreal Engine, like it's very easy to get started and kind of get something up that looks like a game quickly. And I, right. I think that's helpful. 
but I, especially if you're engine focused like spend some time digging into how i guess maybe you know engine development or some of the underlying technology works and maybe experiment with that a little bit i think you know a little bit of knowledge there goes a long way yeah that's some good advice for those listening wavebreak is currently available on google stadia so go check it out uh thank you so much for coming on today it was a pleasure to have you good to chat with you thanks thank everybody. you <laughs> take care